and welcome to the Brology Podcast. I am Austin, aka G.I. Joe, and I am here with Ryan, aka Hey man, you uh you wanna buy some storage containers? You can fit a lot of bitches in just one storage container. You gonna chime me up and rape me every day? I mean, only if that's what you're into. Definitely. Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> this week we are talking about Todd Cohep. If you're from Spartanburg, Greenville, anywhere in the upstate of South Carolina pretty much. Well, hell, really, a lot of people in the United States probably heard about it too. It is a notorious ser- serial killer. Slash mass murder. Yeah. In Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah, he's one of the most recent serial killers to kind of get picked up by the police, put into the news, everything else. Um, which it's it's absolute. I don't want to talk about it quite yet. Like how they like some of the shit that they went back pro, you know, like after they had already caught him and arrested him and everything else and saw him, and they were like, oh shit, there were signs every fucking way. God damn it. Like that's when just we bad get police work. Yeah, dude. When we get into it, like, oh, like I almost want to just jump ahead and talk about like the Facebook posts and like all that shit, the like Amazon god, shit. Yeah, like god damn it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so yeah, Todd Colheavy's uh, South Carolina serial killer slash mass murderer. Um, actually, one of the guys we work with, I work with his wife. Literally worked right behind. Not with Todd Colehelp's wife, with the guy Ron's talking yeah, about. Yeah, wife. worked right behind, <laughs> or lived right behind Todd Cole. Like, if he went out on his back porch, he was looking at the, the back of Todd Cole's property. Like, could see the contain- storage containers and all that shit that was on the edge of his property and everything else. Like, so... No, 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 no. His actual house was in their neighborhood. The property was in Woodruff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why that was like his house. He could actually yeah. see like it's like a like it was like a shed and some other shit like at the very end of his property or whatever. Yeah. And it's like he walk out and just like see his fucking shit, bro. Could you imagine like the guy at the end of your road down here, like three houses down, was fucking raping somebody in a container like five miles down the road? I mean, the dude's been raping me all fucking day. Did you have to drive by that <laughs> piece of shit SUV to get in here? No, mini. It was a minivan. Yeah, yeah. The motherfucker got it parked like all the way in the middle of the fucking fuck him, man. Yeah, I thought that was like your buddies just parked there or some shit because I thought they were still over here. <laughs> fuck no. Nobody I know is that big of a piece of shit. My people will pull off the fucking road like an adult. <laughs> okay, so this guy's a fucking douchebag. Yeah, this guy was a total fucking douchebag. But there's a lot of sketchy shit and we'll get to earlier because Spartanburg police... That's a whole other fucking thing, dude. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But, like, to, to jump things off, right? So, Todd Colehep, he was born um, in 1971. But he's 51 years old right now. But he had kind of a... I mean, I don't he, know. He I, a, I feel he, like people maybe might want to point at this and be like, Oh, well, he came from a broken home. Fuck him. We all come from broken homes. <laughs> but, like, he, his parents divorced when he was, like, two or three. And then... You know, his mom remarried to this new dude, and apparently, like, he wasn't a great stepdad. I mean, to all accounts, it's not like he beat Todd. He didn't rape him. He didn't do anything crazy with him. He just didn't really give a shit about him. Yeah. One way or the other. Ooh, whoop-de-doo. You got an absentee stepdad. Wow. 
That's not going to make a fucking serial killer. Okay, and there's a lot of juicy shit in this, so we'll just go ahead and jump past his childhood. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Yeah, a little bit, because I just want to point out the fact that this dude didn't have anything that happened in his fucking childhood to, like, make him the way he is, right? You think of other serial killers, and you think of people like Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, fucking Gacy, like, all these people. They had really fucked up childhoods, and that's kind of what made them the way that they... Well, contributed to making them the way they were, because they actually suffered a lot of trauma and a lot of bad shit. Like, happened to them, they were getting beaten, molested, all kinds of crap. Todd? No, nah, his stepdad was just, like, not nice. awesome to him. <laughs> And that's about it. And so Todd was just a spoiled little dick and basically just started acting out, being a spoiled little dick. And, you know, started being mean to other kids, trying to fight them all the time, stealing their shit. He was fucking up animals, just acting out. He drowned a fucking goldfish in bleach. Yeah, I mean, that's shit we all did as kids, all right? No, No. 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 And he started shooting neighborhood cats. Like, he just was acting out, being a little dick, and nobody stopped him from being a little dick. That's basically what it boils down to. And he stabbed a girl in the leg whenever he was, like, fucking 10. Yeah. With scissors. Yeah, and just, I mean, then, you know, by the time he became, like, 9, 10, even his, his biological father was like, no, there's something wrong with this fucking kid. Like, he's... This kid's a dick. Yeah. So, so they put him in, you know, mental hospital for a little while. And it's just, he's just a piece of shit, man. Yeah, they put him in counseling. And he ended up going to live with his dad in 1983. And that was kind of whenever the real shit got started. And, I don't know, what year was he born? 71. So yeah. he was 15 years, at the age of 15. Todd Colehep. You gotta remember, he's 15 years old. He kidnapped a 14 year old girl in Arizona and he threatened her with a two or a twenty two caliber revolver that he got from his house, I guess from his dad. Yeah. And he tied her up, taped her mouth shut, brought her to his house, tied her up and raped her. He threat or he held the gun to her head as he was raping her and told her that if he or if she said anything that he would kill her whole family, her parents, her siblings, everything. Dude walked her home like they had been on a date. Like, the woman reported later that, like, he untied her, everything else, and, like, walked her back to her house and was, like, so casual about the whole thing as if it was all like, oh, that was a great date we just went on, blah, 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 blah. Fucking, this fucking dude, man. And so, obviously, like we said, he threatened her. And whenever she got home, her brother had already called the police because she didn't get home whenever she was supposed to. I don't know if they were on the way home from school. It really don't get into anything like that. So her younger brother had called the cops, and he was on the phone with the cops whenever she walked in the door. And immediately, she told the cops what happened. And whenever the cops went to pick up Todd Colehep and take him to jail or whatever, he said... He like he wasn't even worried about like a remorseful in any kind of way for the girl. He was just like, oh, so how long am I gonna get go to jail for? Yeah, like, yeah, dude. He didn't give a fuck, man. He like just zero zero repercussions for anything. So he ended up pleading guilty to the kidnapping charge, and the other charges were dropped, and he was sentenced to fifteen years in pri- prison and registered as a sex offender. Yeah, while he was in prison, he ended up going under, like, psych evaluations. They determined that he had an above-average IQ, which 
whoop de fucking do most serial killers do. I mean, you um, gotta be smart to outrun the police for a little while. Yeah, it's like, I mean, most serial killers have an above average IQ. Um, dude, you know, put himself through school while he was in prison. Um, got a couple of degrees in computer science and stuff like that. And then when he got out, he ended up moving in with his mom in South Carolina in 2001. His mom's a wild motherfucker too, though. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll get into that later on. But even like whenever Todd Colehead, like his attorney was defending him, the, his attorney was like, he didn't believe that his client would go on to harm others. But the prosecutor was like, yeah, I definitely see this guy offending in the future because he felt like the world owed him something. This guy, I'll go ahead and tell y'all before we get into like even worse shit he does. He's a cocky son of a bitch. Like he feels like he has no consequences for his actions whatsoever. And he's so proud of his fucking actions, as we'll get into whenever he's talking to the police later on. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, dude's 100% a psychopath. Like, no. just, he's the clinical definition of a psychopath. Like, he just doesn't, and a sociopath. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck. And so, like we said, you know, he, he put himself through school, got a bachelor's degree in computer sciences, and... He ended up studying at uh, Greenville Technical College and got like a business uh, bachelor's degree in business administration, yada, yada, yada. So he worked for a little while as like a graphic designer and Spart- for a company in Spartanburg. He basically bullshitted his way through getting a real estate license, even though... Which, technically, in South Carolina, if you're a registered sex offender, you should not be able to get that. And so, obviously, the people that do the registration for that shit suck at their fucking job and did not do a background check. Yeah. Well, actually, I take that back. They did a background check on him, and they saw the charges pop up, but he explained it all like, oh, it was some misunderstanding from me in a past relationship, da 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 and they just let him go with it. They didn't do enough Yeah, they just bought it, it and, and gave him his license, and so this motherfucker just, he gets out there, and honestly, he's charismatic enough and clever enough that he just starts making money fucking hand over fist. Yeah. I mean, like, and honestly, a lot of the business deals that he did and a lot of the properties that he sold and everything else, he would bullshit documents. He would lie about certain things. Like, he was the most crooked fucking real estate agent there, it, like that's ever walked the, the face of the earth in South Carolina and just making money hand over fist. Yeah. And by the way, before I forget, I apologize for not putting out an episode last week. Fuck COVID. <laughs> Well, it fucked you again. Yeah, it, fu- it it took its fucking big Chinese wiener and fucked me in the ass. It tends to do that. It likes <laughs> Well, you. I guess it's not really big if it's Chinese, uh, or is that too, is that too far? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. How many Chinese penises have you seen? I honestly don't know, bro. You lost count? No, like... <laughs> you lost count of how many I don't Chinese know, penises you've I seen? don't know who's actually Chinese and who's fucking, like, Japanese and... I swear, in this day and age, a grown man losing count of how many Asian penises he's Bro, seen. Bro, I used to have to shower with, like, 50 other men, so, I mean... That we know of. <laughs> well, anyways, back to the topic I had. <laughs> Okay, so Todd Colehep ended up getting his real estate license on June 30th, 2006, after lying about his felony charges on the application. And from this point on, he built his own firm with over a dozen, um, <clears throat> over a dozen employees and pretty much tried or built it up from the ground up. And during this time, he bought a shit ton of real estate. He got his private pilot license. 
bought several out-of-state properties, and as a point we'll get to in a minute, he bought 100 acres that is about nine miles away from Moore, which is a community close, or it's within Spartanburg County. It's probably about 20 minutes from mine and Ryan's house. And he put a fence around this property, which the fence alone cost about 80 grand. That's a lot of fucking fence. That is a lot of fucking fence. That's how much fence I need. I need a lot. I need, like, just, like, double me up on the fence. Bro, if you spent 80 grand around your house to fence it up, man, like, that'd be, like, the fucking border wall. (laughs) Like, it'd be, like, 30, 40 feet high. I mean, I mean, look. You can never be too cautious, right? Yeah, you can never be too cautious. So, in May 2014, he purchased 100 acres of land, and he had... Uh, It was kind of described as like a garage type thing in a shed. So that was really the only actual house on the property. There wasn't an actual home on the property. It was more of like a garage type thing. But before we get into the two big incidences, well, I guess really three big incidences. Yeah. A little more about him before everybody found out what's going on. A lot of people said describe Todd Colehead as an extremely outgoing and professional person, but know that he would often talk about like firearms and I actually wouldn't shut the fuck up about him apparently. Yeah. He'd talk about firearms, use a bunch of bunch of sexual windows, which I mean hell, we do that shit. Yeah, but at the same time we're not doing it in a professional setting, right? Yeah. If we were sitting down with say like to interview somebody and like let's say that person wasn't down for our sense of humor you know i'm not gonna sit here and just be like so how big hey, grandma yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah hey grandma how deep's your fucking pussy man <laughs> and you think you'd be able to fit this entire tall boy in your ass like i wouldn't tell somebody's grandma that unless it was john's unless it was john's grandma if we ever get rich off of this podcast our first interview question is going to be, can you fit this tall boy up your ass? Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah, just day one and just be like, Howard Stern. Wow, it's amazing to actually get to sit down and talk with a radio legend. This is absolutely incredible. So, dude, I got to fucking ask, man. Do you think you can fit this entire tall boy up your ass? <laughs> just like that? Yeah. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but a lot a lot of the employees described him as being extremely outgoing and professional. But like I said, they noted he had bad shit. Like the dude would watch a bunch of pornography at work. Which who doesn't? But, no, I mean, but if you're gonna do it, why don't you go to the fucking bathroom? Why would you go to the bathroom? <laughs> I don't go to the fucking bathroom when I'm watching pornography at work. <laughs> I just bust that shit out and put Whip the volume out yeah, start just, fucking jacking off at just the turn, yeah just turn the volume <laughs> all the way up sometimes you know just be like screaming down the cubicle and be like guys guys come look at this <laughs> look at the size of this guy's dick dude <laughs> <laughs> that shit's gotta be fake man it's gotta be fake <laughs> <laughs> but he was described as a professional person but he had a kind of a fucked up sense of humor i guess which i mean just because you have a fucked up sense of humor don't mean you're gonna be a serial killer I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. just because me and Ron are serial killers, you know, don't mean every everybody with a dark sense of humor is right, right. <laughs> okay, but yeah, he they said he watched a bunch of porn at work and often uh, visited a Waffle House restaurant in Roebuck, South Carolina, 
and just he, harassed the living shit out of the waitresses there. Like it got so bad <laughs> that the fucking line cooks would take would come up and take his order every time he came in, just so that the women that worked in there wouldn't have to fucking talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> and crazy enough is that one of the waitresses there actually ended up being one of his victims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he finally came back for that for that uh some of that Burt's chili, man. Hey, their chili's fucking good. Their chili is fucking look. Everything at Waffle House is fucking good. Don't, don't especially if you're drunk. Especially if you're drunk. Especially if you're drunk. Look, even there's even like just getting a salad from them ain't half bad. You know, I've never saying? had a salad from Waffle House. I always get their chicken sandwich or either a Texas cheesesteak melt. Look, I went with John one time and uh, I had been giving him shit about something that he had eaten earlier. I was just like all day I'd been giving him shit about it, like basically being like you fat bastard, like what the fuck would you? <laughs> Like, well, I can't believe you ate that. And so he got like a salad. <laughs> Sitting there eating the damn salad. But he drowned it in fucking ranch. And he was like, dude, are you happy? I ate a fucking salad. And I was like, it was more ranch than it was salad, man. It's like, that doesn't make it any better. That means it was it was absolutely not healthy at that point. <laughs> okay. Now we will get to the real shit. Bum, bum, bum. See, if you'd go to the fucking Patreon and shit, we'd be able to put in sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. We just need you to donate a little bit of money to us. Like Jesus. Yeah. Just like Jesus. Jesus would donate money to us. Jesus loved our sense of humor. Yeah. He died for us. He did. And you can't donate $5 to check out our Patreon? Jesus. What is wrong with you guys? We still uh, still love you, though. (laughs) Yeah, we still love you. But anyway, so... Yeah, so what ended up happening was on... um, Really what started kind of like his downfall was specifically on November 6, 2003. Well, obviously he had to be a pussy before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he ended up admitting to other things post this, but this was really where people started paying attention to him, right? This is where it stopped being just like casual murders now, granted, and became a thing. This was a, a cold case for... 13 Year. years. Yeah. But um, so there was Superbike Motorsports, a motorcycle shop in Chesney, which that is the worst fucking name for a motorcycle shop. Really? Superbike Motorsports? How basic well, can I you mean, get? Well, I mean, you got to look at the city it's in, though. Yeah, it's true. It's in Chesney. <laughs> but no, so apparently Todd came in there, bought a motorcycle, figured out he didn't know how to ride a fucking motorcycle. Fucking pussy. So he comes back and he's trying to return the bike on the grounds that he realized he didn't know how to ride one. So <laughs> Could you imagine this motherfucker? Like, now, it never says how how like previous to this that he did it could yeah. you could you just imagine him like going to get on the bike and like riding it like two feet and then falling off. falling off they're like fuck this shit i'm taking it back and then he goes to return it uh, and they're not taking it he's like i'm going to my house to get these fucking guns yeah <laughs> yeah dude shows up he's like he's like i need to return this bike and they're asking him like what's wrong with it and he's like oh there's nothing wrong with it i just i it, it, I, I just can't ride it well and everything else so they start giving him shit for coming in and buying this big expensive bike and not even allegedly, knowing how to ride. Allegedly give him shit. Which, it means Chesney, so that sounds about right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, everybody's giving him shit and whatever. So he's like, all right, bet. Goes, gets his guns, comes back, lights the fucking place up, kills everybody in the place. There were four victims identified. The owner, which is Scott Ponder. Then you got the service manager, Brian Lucas. Scott Ponder was 30. Brian Lucas is 29. You got a mechanic, Chris Sherbert, 26. 
And then the bookkeeper, which is actually Scott Ponder's mom, Beverly Guy, she was 52. So they're all still fairly young. Yeah. Especially Scott Ponder to own his own business at 30. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Even for Chesney. <laughs> so all four of them died from multiple gunshot wounds. And he ended up confessing to the shootings whenever he was arrested in 2016 for everything that happened with Caleb Brown and uh, Carver. Yeah. And, okay, so the reason that they finally ended up finding out that, hey, this guy's not bullshitting is because he gave the police information that the police never released to the public is where he went and shot everybody, but then after, he came back and shot him in the forehead. Yep. One of the guys... Oh, I don't remember exactly where they were all found. I know one was found working on a bike. I believe that was the mechanic, Chris. Mm -hmm. Brian was found crawling under a car after he had been shot. And Scott Ponder was found with his body halfway inside the building and halfway outside the building face up. And I don't don't remember where his mother was found, but they were all I think she was in the office. They were all found in a puddle of blood by... Shit, I can't think of the guy's name. It doesn't matter. They they were found by a friend that visited the shop often. He was actually coming to bring them tickets to some show because he he was real good friends with them. Well, he goes to the or he calls them and says, "Hey, I'll be there in thirty minutes to drop off these tickets to this show. I'm gonna take a shower and then I'll head that way." And then by that point, he takes a shower. He goes, and by the time he gets there, he sees. Um, he sees, I think it was Brian or Scott laying on the ground. It, it was Scott. He saw Scott laying on the ground, and he was a little bit concerned at that point. And then he ends up seeing Brian, who was also laying on the ground outside. And then he's like, oh, shit. So he just automatically runs inside and calls the cops. And they're like, hey, I just came to Superbike, and they're dead. Or they've been shot. They're in puddles of blood. Well, the cops tell him, like, hey... All right, he only sees three of them. He's like, I found Scott, Brian, and uh, Scott's mom. And he calls him. He's like, hey, I found four bodies of people that's been shot. Da, da, da. And the cops are like, look, get the fuck out of the building. Go hide until we get there. Because I guess yeah, they're there worried about. Yeah, there could still be a shooter. Yeah. And- okay, so he goes and hides in the grass across the street. And then when the cops come, he come back. Well, they end up bringing him in for questioning because he never saw Chris. I guess he just assumed that there was a Chris. Yeah, well, or that Chris was there because he was so familiar I mean, with all of them. Have any of us ever seen a Chris? <laughs> or do we all just assume that Chris is with us? Chris doesn't exist, except Chris Rock. What about Chris Rhodes? No, he don't exist. <gasps> I just, I just, <laughs> I just, I just hop in the tanning bed and shave my beard. You know. Uh, I've never. That's true. I've never seen you and Chris Rhodes in the same place at the same time. Exactly. But, okay, so the police really start to question him because, like, every time they talked to him, he never saw Chris, but he said that Chris was dead. So, but as it goes on, they end up clearing his name and says that, I guess, I don't know if he had an alibi or what, but it comes out that he just kind of assumed that Chris was dead. Was he U-G-L-Y? You ain't got no alibi. You You ugly. ugly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they pretty much kind of, the case, 
they dig into the case. They find a list of who's been all at the shop recently. They check in with everybody. They even tried to call Todd Cohet, but he didn't pick up. And then some sketchy shit happens, and Scott Ponder's wife... Okay, so Scott Ponder's wife is pregnant at the time. And it's not my fault. <laughs> not yours. Not, not mine. <laughs> okay, so it ends up being believed that Scott or Melissa had an affair with Brian... And they kind of thought that maybe she was behind it because whenever they tested all the blood, they got Brian and Scott Ponder's DNA mixed up. So whenever they tested, I guess the baby used the, uh, used the diaper hmm. at the police station and they took DNA evidence of the diaper that she threw away and ran against DNA and they thought it was Brian or they found out it had the same DNA as Brian. And that shit lasted for 18 months. They were trying to accuse her of that shit. Just to come out, 18 months later, the police call them and be like, oh no. Or they, like, I think they they tested the DNA against Scott Ponders twice. Yeah. Thinking, you know, there could have been a mess up. Well, there was a mess up whenever it first happened. They mislabeled the names. So it was showing that Brian was Scott Ponders' son's real dad. Yeah. But long story short, they ended up running the DNA with Scott Ponder's mom. and Just like how we ended up running the train with John's mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last night and this morning. Well, both. (laughs) And uh, so they ran the DNA against Scott Ponder's mom, and it found that, hey, it don't match up. Because there was no question that Scott Ponder and his mom were the same. Or, like, she didn't cheat or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so now you got... Them saying, hey, it's not the same DNA as Scott Ponder's mom. Hey, maybe we fucked up. So they took another DNA sample. I was like, yeah, we fucked up. We're Spartanburg County. Our forensic team is ass. Yeah, we're really good at making drug busts, but that's about it. If you go missing, we're not going to find you. (laughs) I'll go ahead and give y'all a little... I don't even know what what you want to call it. Spartanburg County, there's a lot of people that go missing and never get found. Uh, Yeah. People go missing here all the fucking time, and they never go find. They'll find a bag of meth. Yeah. But they will not find you. Yeah, so (laughs) if you go missing, do not go missing in Spartanburg County. You will not be found. They will not find you. I'm not hating on all police. I know there are good police out there, but... It's just, it is what it is. If you go missing in Spartanburg... They're not going to find you. Yeah. Like, chances are you can go a quarter mile from my house and look in those woods, and there's probably bodies in there. Yeah. Yeah. There might be some in my basement. Yeah. Well, no, we poured concrete over them. They ain't going to find that shit. That's true. That was good thinking. Yeah. It needed fresh concrete anyways. It did. (laughs) God, they're really going to think we're fucking serial killers by the end of this shit. I mean, I'm pretty sure they already did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after all that, you know, Melissa gets cleared. And it becomes a cold case. Like Melissa and their son move away back or to Arizona, which a lot of people thought was sketchy and thought maybe that was the girl that fucking Todd Cole had raped whenever everything ended up coming out. But no, it was in two different parts of Arizona. Those two have no connection to each other. Whatsoever. Although it is a weird coincidence. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is a weird coincidence. So after all this takes place, like we said, you know, the case basically goes cold and it stays cold for about 13 years. 
and Spartanburg being Spartanburg, they didn't really do fuck all to try and solve it, really. And uh, the firearms used were all obtained illegally. Gullhub had gotten them from friends and everything else, so nothing was registered. It, and It was one guy in particular. I can't think of his name right offhand, but he ended up getting 32 charges. His name is Dustin Lawson. Uh, like 32 charges of felony trafficking. Yeah. Of firearms. And so now... Like I said, that was like the big thing. That really, that's what put Cole Hepp's name on the radar here in Spartanburg County, right? Because he was just some random fucking sex offender before this. Now, all of a sudden... No, no, his name isn't on the map. No, it's not on the map, but... After what we talk about. Yeah, yeah, but this is what started it. This was like, all of a sudden now, if his name starts popping up again, they're like, shit, wasn't that a suspect in a previous case? Yeah. Like, that's... Now, all of a sudden, things are starting to kind of point in his direction. Yeah, and, okay, now we will talk about Caleb Brown and Charlie Carver. Charles Carver. Okay, Caleb Brown, 30, and Charles Carver, 32, went missing on August 31st, 2016, and they were not found until November 3rd, 2016. So, they were. she was gone for about two months. Yeah. Okay, so... They were hired to go and do basically like yard work, essentially, yeah. on his property. Like go in, clean out uh, some brush, cut down some trees, just do some basic like landscaping kind of shit. And now Todd Colehep has used Caleb Brown to clean other houses because he was a real estate agent. So you would have to get the houses cleaned and he wanted to be in good shape to sell the houses. So this is a trusted person that he had been using to clean houses. <gasps> and then once he got comfortable with him, he was like, hey... Come check out this property. Clean it for me. This is a personal property. I'll pay you such and such amount to clean it. Well, they go there. They're cleaning. And Todd Colehep's like, hey, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get some water. Do whatever. And he comes back out with a gun and just straights up shoots Charles Carver in the face. Yeah. Later, once he was in police custody, even um, Colehep's mom basically was like, yeah, he shot him because, you know, he had a smart mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah. Just because someone has a smart mouth, you can't fucking shoot him in the fucking oh, face, right. dude. Yeah, <laughs> but shoots the motherfucker and then takes the fucking his uh, his wife or whatever and just fucking beats her fucking ass. It's his girl or girlfriend? Girlfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes her, beats her fucking ass, fucking rapes her many, many times. Just you know, real stand up guy there. Yeah. So at this point, Todd Colehep has a container on this property that he got them to clean. This is his own property, 100 acres. It's got a container on it. It's got like a little garage storage shed, whatever the hell you want to call it. And he chains her up to the container. And he rapes her one to two times a day. She says that even he would bring her to the, they call it a house, but I think it's more like the shed I was saying. Nah. And he'll let her eat and then he'll chain her back up, shit like that. And I don't know how true this is. I guess Ryan, do you want to bring up the stuff you heard last time this stuff was going around? So when this, so initially when all of this was first coming to light and everything else, there were a lot of reports on like social media and like in local news chats and and stuff like that online. Never officially put to pen and paper in the newspaper or anything like that. But that 
part of why some of this happened was because Colehep had been having an affair with her anyways. And that it wasn't so much that oh, he shot her or shot him because he had a smart mouth. It was just like basically to get him out of the picture because he was already having an affair with this girl. And that some of that was more role play than it was actual kidnapping. Now, a lot of that's been refuted since. But the crazy thing about it, even whenever the cops or whenever he's doing the confessions, he's talking about how she has a collar that she wanted. So yeah. that's kind of that's kind of a little sketchy right there. Yeah, so it's all like a, you know, what what was really going on? And then, you know, red flags started kind of going up as to their disappearance because, you know, he's reported missing, a couple weeks have gone by, nobody can fucking locate these people or anything else, but yet still putting up Facebook posts. Yeah. And everything else, and so it's like fucking Colehep's just kicking back with a beer and this dude's phone like just Playing around on his fucking on this dead dude's Facebook, man. Yeah, and that everybody was worried. He was posting like, "Oh, we're fine. Da da da. We done. Just wanted to get away. Stuff like that." Yeah. And they kept going. Well, somehow they got a tip. It really don't say how they got the tip. Just oh, the no, tip. no, they got the tip from me. No, one of the two people. I gave him the tip. <laughs> One of the two people's cell phones pinged on Todd Colehead's property. Yeah. And they went to check out the property. They got the warrant. They went to Todd. They had had a warrant for Todd Colehead's house and the 100 acre lot he owned. They searched both at the same time. Todd Colehead was at his house and Caleb Brown was at the other lot. And whenever the police went to pick him up, he, he was talking to him. They're like, just asking him questions. And they're like, we found Kayla. And he's like, who the fuck is Kayla? And then whenever they start saying that uh, he chained her up or whatever, he just like, can I get a lawyer? So that pretty much nips that shit in the butt. Well, then obviously he goes to jail. Kayla gets cut out from her chains and she goes in the ambulance and she's telling her story. And that's whenever he or she tells them about the superbike murders and that he killed two other people, which I'll talk about more in a second. Yeah. And... As the police are searching this property, they find so many guns. Like, it looks like this guy's a motherfucking hit, man. Like, have you seen the pictures of that shit? Yeah, yeah, he had, like, a fuck ton of guns. But he, supposedly, he started, he became an avid gun collector because that's what his biological father did. And so, it's like, that's where he learned how to like, get... But don't you wish you had that setup he had, though? Yeah, he... He had, had guns, like, lined up down the fucking wall. It looked like some shit out of, like, fucking... Like a prepper or something, yeah. yeah. But, anyways... So she goes in the or goes in the ambulance and she's telling the story, and she tell, talks about the other people which Todd Colehep told her about the superbike murders because I'm guessing he thought she would never get out, and he also told her about two other people he killed, which is kind of a similar story to what happened with her and Charlie. It was uh, Johnny Coxie and um, Megan Lee Craw- yeah. McCraw Coxie. They'd also both been hired to just kind of like do some landscaping and shit like that on the property. And, and one reason it wasn't as bad with them, like the look wasn't as hard for them, is because they were known being into heroin. They had just got out of jail. They were just trying to find jobs. And so they believed that they just ran off to get high or something and didn't come back. Well, he brought them to his house, and as soon as they got out of the car, he killed Johnny Coxie. 
And he kind of had the whole thing set up with Megan Lee McCraw see, like he did with Kayla Brown, where she was in the container and he'd rape her. And he even told her, like, hey, I'm going to let you out and go visit your family as long as you don't say nothing, da 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 And, well, he ends up getting fed up with her because she was a hothead and he kills her too. And that was in December of 2015. So he waited almost a year to get another couple. But it was the same way pretty much as the first one where he locked her up in the container and raped her. And then, okay, so the official count, technical official count, seven people and Kayla Brown survived. It is expected that he has a high two digit kill count between South Carolina and Arizona. No, this is, you got to think he's got his private pilot license. It could be fucking anywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like the official story, like the, is they started opening up all these cold cases in South across South Carolina and the upstate and Arizona. And so now they're working on trying to tie some of these other cold cases to Cole Hep. And on this day, July 30th, 2022, there has been no more officially added. He actually took the police, I believe it was in 2019, out to a site where he said he killed three more people. And they couldn't find the body. They thought he was just fucking with, fucking with them. And that pretty much sums up that investigation because they never found bodies. Yeah. So it could be at least those three other people, and he just may have forgot where the bodies were. Which could happen, or it could Especially be... Especially if he had a high kill count. You're not going to remember where everybody is. Yeah, no, and it could be one of those things, right, where it's like there, there are some serial killers out there that once they're caught, they're like, well, fuck it, I might as well drum up the numbers so it's like I'll at least be infamous, you know, mm-hmm. and everything else. And so he might have only killed seven. Yeah. I personally believe he's killed more than seven because he does have his pilot or private pilot license. Yeah. And especially if he started that young of an age. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely killed people in Arizona. Like, yeah. for a fact. Yeah. like And even off in Arizona, I believe he killed people before. Because you're not going to go from killing four people in 2003 or four, wait until 2015 to kill more people. No, you're not. Uh, and like I said, he, he, there's definitely bodies buried out in fucking bum Arizona. Funk yeah, Bumfunk Egypt, Arizona. Yeah, and honestly, I believe there's bodies more places because if he had killed those people in 2003, got his private pilot license, he said he even confessed to the police. They kind of brushed it off. He said he told the FBI there were they need to multiply the body count, and they all kind of brushed it off so maybe they know something we don't know but personally i believe there's more bodies out there because especially with the spartanburg police department not hating on all spartanburg county like i said i respect police officers but i'll leave it at that yeah so hey speaking of that man i got uh into a little thing with somebody at work the other day because i was talking shit about the fact where it's like you know uh, like i was just making a joke about like god damn it i'm tired of all these fucking uh assholes appropriating my culture and they were like what are you talking about and i was all like i'm a fucking nerd and i don't appreciate seeing all this thin blue line bullshit squashed inside of a punisher skull i was (laughs) like anybody that's got a thin blue line fucking american flag inside of a punisher skull obviously has never once read a goddamn punisher comic for real (laughs) like ever because he 100 percent was not in favor of the police. Well, no, that's like the people that uh, rock. Like on one side of the truck, it'll say, don't tread on me. And on the other side, it'll be the 
uh, support the thin blue line. It's like, do you not realize you are contradicting yourself, yourself with those right two? <laughs> well, it's just like people that have both an American flag and a Confederate flag on their truck. It's like, bruh, one <laughs> of them tried to kill the other one. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, ah, fucking rednecks, man. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, but if any of our listeners out there rock a thin blue line and a don't tread on me, stop listening to podcasts. No, don't stop listening to the podcast, but just go out and and take at least one. Yeah, take one of them (laughs) off your truck because they one hundred percent contradict the other. It's just like if you got a thin blue line and a punish inside of a Punisher skull. Yeah, Frank Castle one hundred percent was not in favor of the police. No, he wasn't. That's why he started doing what he did to begin with. Right, because. The corrupt police force sold him out to the mob. Like, he hated the fucking cops. <laughs> but, um, so back on, back on topic, man. So, with, like, so this is one of the most recent serial killers discovered here in the United States. But, you know, statistically, they always talk about, like, at any given time in North America, not just the U.S., but in North America. So, between Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., there's at least 50 murderers 67 to be exact 67 well, that's the average i guess yeah 67 killers. murderers out there serial killers yeah not murderers serial, serial killers. killers out there just doing their business totally getting away with it right so the fact that this jackass honestly he could have gotten away with it for way longer if he had just not been so fucking arrogant right like if he hadn't have been sitting there fucking around on dude's phone if he hadn't have immediately gone back in and shot up this fucking motorcycle place you know like if he had waited a while so nobody would have even looked in his fucking direction like if if he had if he had just been fucking smarter and less arrogant he probably would still be out there killing people right now right fucking now because he kind of had the right thing going right he's hiring junkies and shit to come out to his property to do work and then they disappear nobody goes looking for fucking junkies nobody looks for junkies yeah that's why they didn't even know that those people were dead and missing until he told them about it you know it's like and there were a bunch of signs there there were a whole bunch of signs for example if you go on amazon he had several written reviews about different items used to like kill people, lock people up, shit like that. Like, yeah, shovels, <laughs> containers, locks. <laughs> yeah, shovels, padlocks, tasers, gun accessories. And one of the reviews sta- about the padlock said, Solid lock, have five on a shipping container. Won't stop them, but will sure yeah, slow them down, down until they're too old to care. Yeah, he's got one on a fucking fold, uh, collapsible shovel that you keep in the back of your head. He's like, yeah, it's great to keep in your back of your car in case you got to hide the bodies and accidentally forget your good digging shovel at the house. (laughs) But it don't come with a midget. Yeah, but it doesn't (laughs) come with a midget, which is unfortunate. (laughs) But in November 2016, it was reported that the Tempe, Arizona Police Department had begun investigating into Todd Kohlhepp's claim and searched through the unsolved homicides in the past three decades. I said they would focus on the cases dated from 1983 to 1986 when Colehead was living with his father, but as of August 2021, they still hadn't found anything. Yeah, and it's still ongoing. He's confessed. Uh, basically, there was almost no trial, really, because he basically, he once confessed. he was caught, he was just like, yeah, I, I did all this shit, man. I 
He honestly, he even told him he was like, I, "It's probably for the best that I get put away." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the fucked up thing is, whenever he was talking to the police department, he was like, "Y'all would be proud of how fast I cleared out the bike shop." Talking about how within thirty seconds he had killed all of them and cleared the whole thing. Yeah, he honestly yeah. thought the police would be like proud. Way to, of him. Yeah, way to go, dude. Yeah, <laughs> we wish we could do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Spartanburg might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they for real. They might be all like, "Oh, you did it in thirty seconds." Damn. The best I can ever do is forty five. <laughs> and there's another big triple homicide case, and there's a big triple homicide case in Blue Ridge that happened in 2003 at the. Blue Ridge Savings Bank that was about six months. There was six months between that and the homicides at the Superbike murder. And there was a lot of questions about if he had anything to do with that. But Cole Hep denied having any involvement in the case. And I'm sure as cocky as this motherfucker is, he would have said something if he had something to do with it. Yeah, if he had done something, he 100% would have been like, yeah, it was me, you guys. But right now, relatives are suing... Well, they have sued Todd Colehep and wrongful death lawsuits against him. And even Caleb Brown filed a civil suit against him. And the families from the Superbot murders were like, give her all the money. She deserves it from going through what she had to go through. Man. And even though Todd Colehep said that there were other bodies out there, his defense swore at his sense and that there were no other victims to be found. But obviously since then... He's repeatedly admitted that there were at least two other murders and the authorities never found the bodies, so he never got charged for it. Yeah, we'll see. You know, eventually somebody will probably something will pop up out of the woodwork. Yeah. And in 2018, like you said earlier, Dustin Lawton, he got busted for selling at least 12 guns and five silencers from the years 2012 to 2016 and lying that they were for himself. And he pled guilty to 37 federal firearm charges and was sentenced to eight years and three months in prison but todd Colehep actually wrote a spartanburg reporter saying that there were several other bodies out there i don't know at this point if he's just trying to get attention or he's just like fuck it i ain't got nothing else to live for might as well go ahead and tell him everything i did honestly we'll probably never know yeah we'll never know but i do just want to point out to all the listeners out there that whenever somebody says that like You know, oh, well, you know, if you make the guns illegal, then only the bad guys will have guns. And then point at something like this as an example where this dude's a registered sex offender and, you know, he had done time in mental institutions, yada, 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 by all rights, never should have been able to get his hands on a gun. And then this guy, you know, commits, what was it, 37? 36. 36 federal gun charge violations and everything else. But he only got eight fucking years on 36 charges but it was all to one person so that might be why it was only eight years but as the same standard right if like if those like if the punishment had been way worse maybe people would not do it right like if you just gotten eight years for one gun charge and then you did 36 and that put you away forever you know what i'm saying like no because well in like the uk right like if you commit any gun charge violations right like if like that same dude had done that in the uk starts out with like 20 years or something he's gone forever you know and so that's one of those things there's way more of uh an intent to not do that kind of shit because it's not worth it yeah you know because the the charges end up with so much jail time and, and fines and all kinds of crap like 
No shit, it's easy to get fucking guns in this goddamn country if you could commit like 40 fucking felonies and only get eight years. Yeah. Yeah, no no shit, it's easy to get a fucking gun in America. Especially like here in Spartanburg, dude. Like it's, I ain't gonna say it too much, but it is easy to get your hands on a gun. So easy. Like, it might as well just be like, hey, I'm here to open up a checking account. Here's your gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Well, don't you need to check on me? Nah, you good. Really, in the South in general, it's so easy to get your hands on a gun if you want one, even if you are a felon. I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not a felon, but... Dude, do you know how many felons we work with that have, like, seven, eight guns? Yeah. Like, so many. It's ridiculous. So, um, what's our timestamp? We're sitting at 102, but you know the first, like, seven, eight minutes were us bullshitting. Yeah. So, so Austin, let's, let's talk about this for just one second to kind of close this out, right? So... Oh, no. There's one thing we didn't talk about. Was it this? It wasn't loud. (laughs) Kayla Brown killed her boyfriend a few years after this happened. Says it was an accident and he fell on his knife. It was an accident and he fell on his knife. Yes. God, I hope I never fall on my knife. If you want more information about that, you can look into it. I completely forgot about it until just now when we were closing this out. But, yeah, and I guess she was found innocent on all charges. So, but, I mean, if you're locked in a container for that long a time, you are going to be a little bit mentally deranged. Like, you, I mean, you just will be. Like, you ain't going to be able to help it. You're getting raped every day. Unless that's, you know, something you're into, like John's mom. <laughs> well, you can't rape the willing, though. But she likes to role play. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, but she rapes us. It's not the other way around. I mean, it depends on if I've had a couple of beers or not. (laughs) Like, uh, last week, I I didn't really have COVID. John's mom just sat on my face, and I couldn't find my way out. You couldn't get back out? No. It is like a forest down there. Yeah. It's like that that skinny dude that uh, got suffocated by his girlfriend sitting (laughs) on his face. Yeah, because his girlfriend was so fucking fat. Oh, that'd be the way to go, though. You say that. I don't know. No, that would suck. It would fucking suck. It would suck, because, like, imagine if she was sitting on your face, but your nose was, like, buried in her butthole, Oh. and then that's how you die, with a nose full of butthole. It's like all you smell is old cheese curds and, you know. Fucking cheese Because, I mean, curds. if you're that big, there's a there's a high probability your entire ass is just covered in Cheeto dust. You know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> Todd Colehep, piece of shit, real piece of shit. I really wish we could get a sit-down interview with him. I mean, there's Let, a high probability we, technically, we could. I don't see any reason why we couldn't. Maybe in the future, if we ever get the opportunity, we, maybe we'll have a interview with him. Yeah. Talk with him. Ask him a few questions. Ask him if how small his dick is, you know. <laughs> if he can fit that entire 22-ounce can up his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, that's the first question out the gate. Yeah. So, Todd Colehead, man, it's uh, it's interesting to be able to sit down and talk with you. Um, mm-hmm. We've been trying to plan this for quite some time. Um, we just want to start off and say that, you know, do you think you can fit this 22-ounce Bud Light up your ass? Well, see, before I went to prison, I probably could not. But now, I probably could. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Live on TV, Todd Colehead <laughs> shoves a beer can up his ass. <laughs> All right, well, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you got any requests, please feel free to email us at brawlagepodcast at gmail.com. 
be sure to drop us a rating. Please be a five star if you love us. If you hate us, still drop a five star. We'll greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and always make sure to give us reviews, good, bad, or indifferent reviews. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, we would prefer good reviews. Um, but just reviews in general count, right? Somebody looks at the podcast, sees a bunch of five-star ratings, and then, like, you know, a bunch of reviews. Makes them more inclined to at least check us out and see what we got to offer. Um, you know, check us out on all of our social media platforms. Please join us at on our Patreon, Barology Podcast. Um, we got multiple tiers. I mean, honestly, we go over this every week. So if, if you're a new listener... Listen to another episode, baby. You'll catch the whole spiel. Yeah, and just keep helping us out. We greatly appreciate any fan mail we get, whether it be email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Keep in mind, we both work full-time jobs because not enough of you go onto our Patreon. So if you do leave us messages, stuff like that, hell, it could be weeks before we get back to you. So just be patient. Well, we we usually do it within two or three days at least. I mean, most times. We try. And just keep that in mind. Be sure, like I said, if you got a topic you want us to talk about, tell us. If not, we're just going to keep putting out the shit we want to. Like next week, I think we're supposed to talk about zombies. Yeah. Was that what we decided on? Yeah. So be sure to join us for that episode. That's going to be a fun as hell episode. But besides that, thank you all for joining the Brology Podcast this week. Fuck COVID, you know. Fuck Russia. I may have gave it to Joe Biden. He was fucking me in the ass with inflation and... You decided to give one back to him? Yeah. But hey. Fuck Westboro. Fuck Russia. Fuck. Todd Colehep. Todd Colehep, yeah. Fuck, um... Inflation. I mean, I don't know. Fuck these gas prices. Fuck these gas prices. So I drive a small vehicle. I've yet to feel the pain at the pump. It's finally below $4. Yeah, it'll get better. It'll get better, buddy. That's one reason I'm glad I'm not out there driving a big SUV or a minivan or a van van. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyways, thank you for joining the Brology Podcast this week. Be sure to check us out next week when we talk about motherfucking zombies. Woo! Hey, do you think that uh, rapes and and kidnappings and murders have gone down since gas prices have been so high because nobody can afford to drive their their rape murder (laughs) van around? No, because I, I honestly feel like at that point, they'll just get a Honda Civic and throw them in the trunk. All right, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll catch y'all next week. Let us... <laughs>